0: Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect and helping others succeed. Now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success and personal fulfillment in life, at work and in business. Now, here's your mentor.
1: Hello, this is Rick Brutico. You're listening to the Mentors Radio Show. And as you've heard, three CEOs, myself, Tom Laurie, John Phillips, we like to challenge your thinking about the way you think about things, both in business and personal life. Our job here is to uh, bring other people to the forefront so that they can tell you about various fields, uh, fields in the business endeavor and in life. And what we're looking at trying to do is give you our experience. What we've established, what we've done right, and a lot of what we've done wrong, hopefully, causing you to think should I take this path or another path we're not gonna try to tell you that we know all the answers I guarantee you we do not but what we do have between us is a lot of experience and so I'm sure you will hear some things will at least cause your you to rethink decisions or maybe to think about where you should go or where you should get help to make that decision so today I have with me um, Mike Flynn I've known Mike for a lot of years and I call the show why you need an attorney relationship. I'm not sure what Mike's going to say about that, but that's what I call it because I think it's important that you know our world, our business world is involved constantly with whether or not we can do things, how we can do it, whether it's licensing, contracts, mergers and acquisitions, financing, it all ro- rolls around the law. So. What we're going to be asking Mike is to give us some hints and his experience and things that he's done so that we can better make decisions about what we do. But before we get involved in on that, I want to remind you once again to go to our website, TheMentorsRadio.com. You can go there anytime. It's obviously 24-7 and there's no cost for it. You can find show notes and archives of our podcasts, links to our sponsors and more. And often some of the material that people produce such as books they've written or articles they've written are also on the website. And it's just a good, kind of a good resource. And of course, all of the shows that you hear are archived there and they're available for uh, your listening and review at any time you want. Um, Remember, TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. So today, as I said, we're gonna be talking to uh, Mike Flynn. And Mike is the co-managing partner of Gibson Dunn Crutcher in Orange County, California. Gibson-Dunn, years ago in my career, I did some work the, the, with Gibson-Dunn because they were the uh, counsel for our firm. This is back in the 70s. And um, what I always was amazed with was, one, the magnificent offices they had on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. And the other thing was the degree of competency that they brought to all the deals we did. I know that Gibson-Dunn is one of the most sought-after and prestigious law firms in the company, country, if not internationally, and like so many of my guests, Mike's story is an interesting story of planning, education, hard work, coincidence, and a bit of luck. But what we want from Mike is, and what you should be listening for, are the kinds of things that he can give us that will help us understand how do we get the right attorney and how does that attorney help us in all of our business adventures. So with that, I want to introduce right now Mike Flynn. Hello, Mike. How are you? Hi, Rick. I'm fine. How are you? I'm very, very fine, thank you. Good. Uh, Before you tell us a bit about your background, I thought you might want to tell us a little bit about Gibson Dunn, and to kind of get you um, in the right frame of mind, I I don't know that our listeners realize uh, how large of a firm Gibson Dunn is. I did a little research on it, but maybe you could tell us about uh, um, the size of the company, number of attorneys, offices, things like that.
2: Sure, Rick. Uh, well, Gibson Dunn is, was founded uh, about 127 years ago in Los Angeles, was where, where it was started, and has grown over time to be, I think we have about 1,300 lawyers around the world. Um, I think we have uh, 19 or 20 offices, uh, both uh, domestically and internationally, or in all the major cities uh, in the U.S. and, and also you know, in Asia and Europe. Um, in, in our, in, here in Orange County, we have 70 lawyers. Um, we have, of the 1,300 lawyers, we have approximately 330 or 40 partners. Uh, I think our gross revenue of the firm is about a billion three or so, something like that. So it's, I think we're in the top eight or 10 in terms of size uh, in, in the world, uh, in, ter- in terms of revenue. And, and the matters we work on are often very high profile.
1: Well, I I had read a report that was the the most recent one I could find on the internet was uh, uh, September of 2016. So uh, and at that time by revenues they they rated you at 1.53 billion. Oh, I guess am behind. <laughs> you you missed a deal, Mike. You missed one deal. That's all. <laughs> but but I think why why I wanted to bring that for up for our listeners is is because. Um, you know, law is big business, but it's also all over the place. It's all over the world, and that's why I mentioned, kind of, a little bit tongue in cheek, about the offices that I was so impressed with when I in 1970s in Los Angeles when I worked with Gibson Dunn. Uh, the, there's a reason that these uh, offices are as uh, as big as they are because when you're dealing with what you said, 1,300 lawyers. I mean, this is a big company, and those revenues are big revenues. So you know, you have to have a lot of competencies. Um, I want to read you a, a statement that I read that I also researched and get your opinion on this. So this this statement came from a 2016 Vault um, Annual Law Firm Associates Survey, and here's what it says. It says, "Quote: Long a denizen of the top 20, Gibson Dunn has broken into the top 10 after a steady climb over the past decade." The firm that's great at everything, that's their words, not mine, and full of rising stars, again, their words, did no, better than, did no better than 17th until the mid-2000s. But since 2006, Gibson Dunn has been inching forward, edging into the number 10 spot. So this talks about the quality of what you do, and we only have about a minute or so left, but I wonder if you could just comment on that great at everything.
2: Well, I think what that means is that uh, we work on some of the most important high-profile matters, whether it's litigation or transactional, that you read about in the papers. As an example, when back in 2000, in the election, there was that whole uh, Florida recount problem. Uh, President Bush hired Gibson Dunn to represent him in the fight against Al Gore. Okay, that's pretty high profile. Our Supreme yes. Court practice is... Second to none that we hire, uh, we, we do some of the most, we did Citizens United case, for example. Uh, many people, if you follow the Supreme Court, you would know that. On the transactional side, we, we just recently represented uh, a Marriott Hotels in that uh, acquisition of Starwood. So a lot of the high profile matters, whether it's on transactional side or litigation, you'll find Gibson Dunn. In, in the paper, doing those matters. That's probably partly why you, you somebody made that statement.
1: So, um, am I correct? Isn't Ted Olson one of your partners?
2: Yes, Ted Olson, who was a former solicitor general solicitor, yeah. under Ronald Reagan. He is a uh, in our Washington D.C. office.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, again, not only not only are you doing great matters, but you also have partners who are, um, let's say, if not certainly nationally known but internationally known and have practiced before the Supreme Court and therefore a lot of a lot of matters that have gone that high up have been re- represented by your firm That's correct. Well okay Mike we're coming up against the break and so what I I thought I would just take this time to again once again thank you for being here hold on tight uh, listeners because we're going to get into some of Mike's background when we come back and also start to proceed with some of the questions that you've sent in so Hold on and here comes.
3: Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org. That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org. What do a at? home mom a college student and a firefighter have in common they're all hopeinacan.com work from home business owners join our team and you can be the same you'll work from home full-time or part time around your schedule you'll be in business for yourself but not by yourself and you'll make a difference in people's lives here and around the world in 1995 dr ted kalagris the research doctor behind a nutritional company wanted to do more He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com, hopeinacan.com. Because you're active in your church,
4: you may have wondered, how can we maintain the quality of our stained glass windows? What is their value? What would repairs cost? You can get a no-cost analysis of your church's stained glass windows at willethouser.com to help you make the best decisions for restoration or new windows. A free inspection and evaluation of your church's windows by the Willethauser Artisans can answer your questions. Over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience.
0: com. And now, back to the mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Hello, this is Rick Brutico. You're listening to The Mentors Radio at TheMentorsRadio.com or over the stations that you're listening to right now. Uh, Today our guest is Mike Flynn. He's the co-managing partner of Gibson Dunn Crutcher in their Orange County office. And uh, Mike, um, I just wanted to get a little bit of your background. your growing up and where you went to school and kind of like why did you go into law?
2: Okay, Rick. Well, let's see. I grew up in uh, Santa Barbara, California, where I went to high school and grade school and high school. And then I um, decided to go to college back in the Midwest. I went to the University of Notre Dame, where I met my, my wife of 32 years this year. And uh, it was a great experience, but a little chilly, being a Southern Californian. So um, after, after uh, college, uh, I came back to Southern California, and I um, matriculated at uh, Loyola Law School in L.A., which is a part of the Loyola Marymount University, and uh, I graduated from law school there in 1985. Um, and then after I uh well, so how do I decide to go into law? It's an interesting story. I actually, probably most influenced my decision was my dad. Uh, when I was in college, I had thought I wanted to be in business and be a business man. My father was a was a, in management of gen, GE General Electric Company and. And, and he he had a great job and traveled around and did what I thought were interesting things. And so I started uh, expressing an interest in doing that. And he kind of pulled me aside and said, you know, I really think that um, you might think about law instead. And I said, why? And he said, well, the, the, you know, he he had a great career and he was happy. But he said he felt that when you work in a big company, you don't have as much control over your future because, you know, he was sort of subject to whatever senior management told him. So if you were going to move, you had to keep moving and parents had to move. Whereas when you were as a lawyer, you hopefully had a – you built a practice and you had clients and you had, in his view anyway, more um, control over your life uh, uh, than you did if you were just an employee at a – a big company. So, with that in mind, I think I decided I would go into law, and you know, started studying law. He also thought being a lawyer gave you more flexibility. You could do you could always go into business. A lot, there are a lot of lawyers that do go into business. who in fact, want to become in business, in business people. So, uh, with, that was sort of the, the reason why I did it, uh, or at least certainly I started it. And then the more I got into it, the more I really liked it, and I thought it was really good advice.
1: Well, that's an interesting. interesting way to approach things. Uh, we had a guest on my last show who talked about that he was studying to be an engineer, and uh, once they advised him that what chemical engineers made, I believe it was chemical engineer anyway, he decided to be an accountant because they made a lot more money. sounds yeah. like <laughs> yours yours was kind of a thing off the same story, but it had to do with more of quality
2: of life, I think. <laughs> but, you know, what's interesting, Rick, is, you know, for those of people who want to go be lawyers, you know, there's another fork in the road which has, which has to be decided is what kind of lawyer do you want to be? Because just like in medicine, lawyering is very, very highly specialized. And if you had to drop it into two big buckets... One bucket would be transactional, and the other bucket would be litigation. I mean, and then within those two buckets, there's even further specialization. But suffice it to say, you have to decide. Now, some lawyers do both and try and do both in, in the very small, smaller situations. But in a, in a sophisticated setting, you really don't do both. You do one or the other. And so in law school, you kind of have to decide, but before, you know, right as you're coming out, which one do you want to do? And that was another decision I had to make, and um, I I was able to make that when I was in in law school when I worked for one of the large national firms during the summer, and I got exposed to the different types of practices, and I concluded I thought my personality was more well-suited to being a transactional lawyer as opposed to a litigator because... I thought transactional law was more constructive, where you were trying to bring the parties together to a solution that was constructive, whereas litigation is very combative. It was not really my personality. Mm. Well, knowing you
1: personally, as I do, I know you work extremely hard. You put in awfully long hours. There's been more than one or two uh, meetings that you and I have had that you've had to arrive late for, uh, because clients call and seem to hold you at all all hours of the day or night. But... I, I'm kind of wondering, given your background and obviously the success that you've had, um, would you recommend this for young people today? In other words, is it a good career to go in, or what, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Well, you know, I've I've had a I've really enjoyed my career, and I, I've I've been very very pleased with it because it's it's so interesting intellectually, and it's so fun to help people. And and to you know be involved, intimately involved in in. In in the middle of a boardroom, helping a board make a decision, and in a sense, be a counselor. I, I really enjoy that. It is very hard, as you pointed out. It is a lot of work, and you have to, you know, put in put in. What's the expression? You got to pay your dues. You have to pay your dues to get to a point where you are a counselor. And in order to do that, you know, you have to spend a lot of years as a young lawyer doing things that aren't as fun. But if you can last and you enjoy it. Uh, as I did, I look back on it, and I just I would I wouldn't change a thing. For me, now it's not for everybody, um, and that's it's kind of a funny story in my life. Is one night some years ago, we have three kids, all very good students, and not one of them ever once said they wanted to be a lawyer ever. And one night I came home and I said to my wife, gee, I I wonder if that's a bad sign. Maybe I've been grumpy or they've perceived me to be unhappy. And I feel bad about that. I mean, not even one. And she had a big smile on her face and she said, no, you don't get it. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, oh, no, 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 it's not. You've been grumpy at all. They all looked and heard you talk all the time when you came home about your clients. They want to go be a client. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. But to answer your question, I think I think you know it, it's it, it's a great profession, but it's difficult. But like anything in life, to, you know, to be successful, you have to work hard.
1: Well, I, I've heard it said before, but you kind of covered this already, but I, I uh, got this from somebody that I was talking to recently, and they said – an attorney – and they said that when you come out of law school, you may know – and an emphasis was on you may know something about the law, but you have no idea how to practice it. <laughs>
2: That's <laughs> definitely true, particularly in transactional because law, law schools are definitely oriented more towards litigation.
1: Yeah, and and I, I guess you know it's like anything else. It's called practice for a reason. It's really all about experience, isn't it? That's,
2: that's right. That's a good way to put it.
1: <laughs> so, uh, well, um, but I guess the bottom line of what you're saying is, for the right guys, it's the, it 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 might not be a bad career to get into, um, and you know that, that's all we can ask.
2: That's right. I mean, again, it's 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 a it's a time commitment in terms of you know uh, there's three years of schooling after college and 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 i exam that's not easy to pass uh, and and oftentimes today these young folks you know have to pay for that schooling with debt and so or they come out with debt and 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 as a result you know you have to get a job and the job market last is it's not easy so you, you shouldn't take the decision lightly but if you have an inkling to, to do it and you want to go through with it it's a at least for me, I've enjoyed it, and I would never discourage anybody who wants to do it from doing it.
1: Well, that's that's good. That's good advice. But like you said, it's like anything. You have to work real hard at something, and if you work hard and you get some degree of success, you usually kind of enjoy it, even though there's been a lot of a lot of bumps along the road. That's right. Uh, But, Mike, I want to just follow up on this. We just have a little bit of time left again in this segment. But uh, somebody wrote in to me. uh, Actually, his name was Jerry from Costa Mesa, California. He said, my business is a manufacturing and distribution business. We employ about 100 people. It is uh, family-owned, started by my father. We do about 20 million in revenues. Our attorney, and these were his words, our attorney has been a relative, and he got in quotes, Uncle Fred, who handles everything. Do I need to get another attorney? And um, I, I know we only got a little bit of time, but maybe you give us a quick thought on that and pick it up again after the break.
2: Well, it sounds to me, based on the size of that company, that you you may have issues that are more than just mom and pop issues. And so you need an attorney that uh, knows, you know, has some level of sophistication. So I don't know whether Uncle, would you say Uncle Fred? uh well, that's what he is, called him. Uh, Uncle Fred, you know, whether you're being forced to use Uncle Fred, it sounds like you are, and whether Uncle Fred uh, is in over his head or not, and there's probably a whole political issue there. But um, if you're of that number of employees and that size of revenue, you should have an attorney, a a relationship with attorney, whether Uncle Fred's right or wrong, I don't know, Um, but you should have a relationship with an attorney that is really a, a counselor, and that you feel that you can meet with any time to bounce ideas off of because um, you, you, you can get into trouble without knowing it um, at that size.
1: Okay, Mike, we're coming up against a break again. So let's, let's kind of explore that a little bit again after the break. Okay. And as we break, stay with me and Mike will give us his feelings on when you get an attorney and how you get the right one.
5: My name is Nick Jordan. I'm the founder of Wells of Life. I'm here to tell you that there are 10 million people in Uganda without access to clean water. Imagine your water comes from a stream or pond shared with animals. Imagine that this water is loaded with parasites and disease. Each day, you have to walk three miles to fetch this because it's all the water there is. So what can you do about this? The great news is you can do a lot. Go to Wells of Life. Dot net and make a personal donation. Talk to your family, church, or company about funding your own well. Every penny goes to fund your well and will bring water and life to as many as a thousand parishioners in rural Uganda for up to 20 years. In this jubilee year of mercy, why not make this your act of mercy? In Jesus' name. Go to wellsoflife.net and make a personal donation. wellsoflife.net life.net
6: All Catholics are invited to join the Young Catholic Professionals, YCP for short, National Movement. One of the nation's fastest-growing Catholic organizations, with chapters in 15 cities nationwide and international interest, YCP was founded by peers to inspire young professionals to work in Witness for Christ. YCP's programs are designed to help young people at every stage of the journey to grow as Catholics and as professionals. Our members use their experience to become ambassadors of the faith in the public square, forming tomorrow's leaders to step forward in their communities, parishes, and workplaces. There's an opportunity for Catholics of all ages to get involved. Visit our website, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org, to learn more about how you can get involved in this exciting apostolate. That's youngcatholicprofessionals.org, youngcatholicprofessionals.org.
7: What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but pre-arrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a non-profit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end-of-life process, making decisions easy and faith-driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989.
0: Forty-nine eighty-nine. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Hello and welcome back. You're listening to The Mentors. I'm Rick Brudico, your host for this week's show. You can check us out at www.thementorsradio.com. This week, we're talking with Mike Flynn, co-partner in charge of Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher, attorneys at law, and he's at the Orange County office of Gibson Dunn, which is a international firm. Right before we left, we're asking Mike a question that someone, one of our listeners had called in at. So, Mike, if we can pick that up with Uncle Fred um, and it kind of expand the question a bit. and Assuming that this gentleman, uh, Jerry, needs to get another attorney, how does he know What kind of attorney he needs and how does he find that attorney? How does he find someone that's, I guess, both the competency level he needs and in the budget he can afford?
2: Well, Rick, before we get to how to find it, let's just explore the, the need to have issue a little bit because okay. I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding out there a lot of times with businesses, middle market and smaller businesses. And the, here's the here's an analogy I'd like to give you. You know, almost everybody has a general practitioner, doctor or an internist. And you go and you get regular checkups. And, and the reason you do that is to prevent things from happening to know in advance you get your blood work and all that sort of stuff and if you don't do that you're kind of viewed as not being very smart not taking good care of yourself well i would like to propose that that's the way business people who are running these kinds of sized businesses should view attorneys and a lot of times they don't they do, they think it's just an expense they don't want to deal with it and then they wait until something happens they've been sued They didn't prepare for it, and now they're they're in a jam. But if you think of... Of your business as needing to have, like you do for your health, an internist, you need to have a general lawyer, a general corporate lawyer is usually what I, would, what I would recommend as your partner, and that's the person that you should be feel you have a relationship with that person. It's not somebody, it's not like a plumber that you call up to fix a pipe, but it's somebody that you know that you meet with relatively regularly, say maybe at least once or twice a year. You sit down, go to lunch, say, look. This is what we're doing this year, we're thinking about expanding over here, we're thinking about buying this or doing that and that lawyer, if he or she is worth their salt, will be able to say, hey let me point out areas where you should be careful so you avoid mistakes which end up costing you far more than the price of that lunch and so that's the first thing I would like to just put into people's heads that you really should begin to try to think of a lawyer as your partner that's going to be there to help you and not somebody you call when you're in a jam, because hopefully the jam gets avoided. The second thing, now to go to your question, how do you find the right lawyer? That's a great question, and they're different, what's kind of like, how do you find the right doctor? Well, um, for me, I've always thought, in many cases, smaller to medium businesses usually hire accountants before they hire lawyers they typically need to get accountants to get financial statements reviewed if not audited and often for their bank loans and things like that so a lot of times the accountants are in there before the lawyers and the good accountants typically know the good lawyers and so if you have an accountant that you like you respect I would ask your accountant or somebody at your accounting firm to make a couple of recommendations and go interview a couple of lawyers. Um, I would also think about um you know a- asking those lawyers if you, if you get those names to give you references of other clients that they have represented. I mean I've had that happen to me many times where somebody will call me up and say, "Mike, you've been recommended. I'm going to hire a, a lawyer in a firm." Um, can you give me three names of other companies you've represented? And I'm happy to do that and say, yeah, call Joe Smith. I re- represented him on this transaction, and and you know, because I'm proud of the work I do. And so that's you know, you should do some diligence on these names. But try your accountant. Try some diligence on the names that you get from the references. That, that's a good place to start.
1: Does that make sense, Rick? It makes great sense, and uh, speaking from my personal experiences, I would just ratify what you say 100%. I I think when I started my business, um, I remember thinking, you know, I had to have an attorney help me draw up the incorporation papers. In those days, you did everything with a C-Corp, and so we set up a a C-Corp, and I don't think I talked to that guy again until we ran afoul of uh, of a tax issue. Actually, it was a stock issuing issue. I just wrote a letter to somebody that said, you know, you're going to work for me. And by the way, you're going to get a certain amount of stock if we do this and this and this. And somewhere along the road, I get a letter from the uh, California Corporate Commission and tell me that I've made some illegal or untoward, I guess, gesture with respect to compensation with stock. And I didn't have a registered stock plan with the state of California. So I guess my point in telling that story is that mistake would have been completely avoided If I had just told the attorney what I was going to do before I did it and Mm -hmm. instead of calling him after the fact. So I I really like your, your, your analogy. And I love the analogy about a doctor. We all seem to know that if we need a doctor, we've got to go to where doctors are and talk to people and get references and that. And I think the same thing is true through with attorneys, Mike. And I, and, and I, I really like this. This is about the second time this has come up in my interviewing of professionals. And that is that, They say they refer really, you really need a counselor, you really need someone that's part of your business to do more than just answer specific legal questions, but to be involved in what it is you're doing so that they have some context for which to help you. Now, I guess that leads me to the question I started to ask right before the break, or I guess just as we came back from break, and that is that... um, so the person gets the reference, but how do they know that the, the kind of, the area that they're going down, uh, that that area is, I've got the right doctor, in this case, the right lawyer?
2: Well, that was maybe one of the reasons why I suggest the accountant to start with, because the accountant, you know, they have to know your business, too. They're business people. And so they're, they're going to know where you're heading and what kind of areas of trouble that they, they see on the legal side. And so I often get referrals from accountants, that's, uh, and that's why they will call they'll say, well, Flynn's done this before. I've seen him do this kind of work, and, and they'll call. And so that's one reason why I'm thinking of an accountant to be a good place to start because they we work hand-in-hand hand with each other. Um, it, it, it's it's really important. Um, but then, second of all, you know, if if you go and interview, you know, you, you check these references and you go meet. I would highly recommend you you meet with more than one of the of the referrals. And you know, you gotta get a feeling in person, I wouldn't just do it over the phone. And I would recommend that you get a a sense of the person in, you know, as you talk to that person and what kind of personality and whether, you you know, a lot of the best legal relationships, you know, it's not just about the law. It's about chemistry and how, how, what kind of a personality does this lawyer have? And can you as the business owner or as the senior person at the, you know, in charge of, of the legal relationship, can you get along with and build a relationship? of trust, because basically what that lawyer's job is going to be, in addition to, you know, navigating you through the laws, is to help you analyze risk and, and figure out your appetite for risk. And, 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 you know, everybody's different. Some, you know, some business guys are there, love risk, right, because there's reward. But other people are more conservative, and they don't want any risk. But the lawyer's job is to help figure out what your appetite for risk is in all these different settings, uh, in okay Mike, Mike,
1: can we're, we're kind of up a great break again. Can I hold that thought until sure, right sure. after we come back and break? Okay, thanks. You're listening to the mentors radio.
8: In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year McGraw-hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration and a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools and more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. This is a church,
4: a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained-glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willett Hauser Architectural Glass. Willett Hauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. WillettHauser.com.
3: Ah, my health insurance is killing me. Well, it was killing me, too. That's why I just switched to a non-insurance ministry. It only costs $320 per month for my family of seven, and it's even less for couples and singles. Wow. It's a solid organization, been around 17 years. We have the dependability of a proven method, but it's different. It's Christian-based, so we don't have to pay for non-Christian practices like abortions. Plus, we can choose our own doctors. What is it? Samaritan Ministries. SamaritanMinistries.org That's easy to remember. SamaritanMinistries.org
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Well, we're
1: back with Mike Flynn, partner at Gibson Dunn Crutcher in Orange County, California. And Mike was telling us about how you find the attorney and interviewing that attorney. Maybe, Mike, you could just sum that up, and then I'd like to ask you some other questions about what you should get and what you should look for during this interview.
2: Well, I was just saying that, uh, you know, you get some references from your accountant or someplace, you know, somebody else and go maybe to somebody and others in your industry that you respect and ask them who they use and, and, and establish a list of two or three, go interview them and figure out the attorney that you think is the right match for you that you can build a chemistry with that you can work with and they can navigate you through the issues that you need to go. That's basically the best advice I could probably give.
1: Well, I think that's right, and I think your comment about chemistry is so important. I liked your idea about meeting the person face-to-face as opposed to over the phone and seeing how they fit with you. But kind of now I'd like to make a little uh, transition in our, our questions, and uh, tell us some about the, the lessons that you've learned that you want to pass along. Maybe some of the mistakes people have made that, uh, you know, you wish you could have helped them ahead of time only to tell them they were in deep water, or maybe they did the right thing.
2: Yeah, Oh, Rick, I've learned. I've watched a lot of people make mistakes. Because sometimes they come to us after they've made the mistake, uh, yep. which is why you want to get that lawyer in there earlier. But you know, one of the classics is the the, the business guy who decides to hire somebody. Uh, going to you're going to be my uh, senior officer, or CFO, whatever, and 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 writes a piece of paper on that says, "I'm going. You you are entitled to." of the company or some fixed percentage of the company and then the guy comes on board and it doesn't work out and he terminates them, Um, but it doesn't say anything about being able to dilute that percentage interest and so it's like fixed 4% forever which is really bad. If you think about it because as companies grow, you need to sell more shares and as as a, so that 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 4% really needs to be diluted because it, it will be worth more a big, you know smaller piece of a bigger company is, is certainly better than 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 the reverse, but staying four percent as the company grows, you're just you know right, you're just giving away the store, so that's one mistake. You see that all the time. You got to make sure whenever you're giving away stock that those documents are precise about what you're granting. You know, an- another thing, classic mistake that uh, we've seen, I've seen over the years is when you're taking in investors. <clears throat> Uh, particularly if you're taking in institutional investors, you know, private equity or venture investors, oftentimes, um, you know, you you have competition. And you're looking at different potential investors. And you, a lot of times these um, companies focus too much, in my view, on the valuation. You know, investor A, well, he's valuing my company at $75 million dollars. And the other one is only valuing me at at 68. I'm going to go with the higher valuation. I think more importantly, you know, especially if it's not a huge delta, um, you you really ought to focus in on the investor because the investor is really like a marriage. Uh, You know, that partner is becoming a partner of your business. And you really need to figure out if, if that's going to be a good partner. Because partners, some partners are better partners than others, right? They act better in times of crisis. If, if your business isn't performing as, as you had thought it would, well, some partners will, will be better partners in that situation, and other partners are not such good partners. I had a client once tell me, Taking in an institutional investor is like picking up a hitchhiker on the side of a road. You pull over, you ask the hitchhiker, uh, what do you, where are you going? And he says, I want to go to San Diego. And you say, great, let's go, get in the car. And so that's like taking the investor in, right? You start going down the highway and everything's hunky-dory until the, you, the driver, the owner of the company, you, you kind of go off the road. You didn't have the quarter that you wanted, right? And then the hitchhiker is all upset at you, they're the investor, they pull a gun on you, steal your car. The metaphor is taking away the company, right? And so the, the message I'm really trying to say here is you've got to pick your partners carefully and don't focus just on the dollar amount of the valuation. It's a bigger picture than that. That's, a, that's an important lesson. An- another lesson that I've learned over the time is sometimes um, companies, you know, they want to raise money or they want to sell themselves and then you need a, a, a broker or an investment banker to do that and without a lawyer involved they sign these engagement letters and engagement letters have never ending tails <laughs> and, and uh, never ending fees and so uh, maybe the guy doesn't do a good job and the company wants to terminate but that situation um, you know, will requ- require a fee payment if you use somebody else and so you got to be careful with those. I guess one last thing is I would uh, really uh, cautionary tale. Keep accurate stock records. Keep accurate stock records. I can tell you a transaction I worked on just a few years ago. It was a several hundred million dollar deal, private company. Company had been formed 50 or 60 years ago. And and today it only had 20 stockholders, but over that 50-year period, there had been a number of stockholders. You know, some company again uh, to employees, and then per repurchases, and on and back and forth. So when we got to the to the you know to do the deal, the buyer was about to fork over hundreds of millions, but they didn't have good stock records. And so the buyer said, "Well, how do we know that these 20 people are the only shareholders?" Because because we don't want you know to fork over this money and then somebody come to us after and say well I'm entitled and uh, so that was a, a problem and we had to figure a way around it and, and include involved indemnifying them for that you know the reps about the ownership of the company were true but it would have all been much easier if if the company had just had kept accurate stock records so. Oh, those are just a couple, maybe a handful of do's and don'ts that I've seen over the years. Well, Mike, I appreciate that, that was a, a nice
1: list. Um, and I hope that all of my listeners paid a lot of attention because, uh, the facts are that about three of those things that Mike's spoke about, I have been involved with personally in my company one way or another. Uh, and, uh, including the one about giving a fixed percentage to somebody. So, uh, it's really important that you do that, and I think this is why this periodic, uh, I guess what I would coin it—is a periodic checkup with your attorney uh, once or twice, or I would even say multiple times a year, you know, take them to lunch and uh, just... Tell him what you're doing where you're going and he's gonna tell you hey you may need to talk to me about that or I need to get somebody about or or he might surprise you and say you know what you need to talk to a different attorney altogether with respect to that because that's right. not all attorneys do all things a person that's good at collecting money for example or a breach of contract may not be the same guy that creates the deal to begin with so that's right. Uh, I would really encourage all listeners to to have taken those things. In fact, you might want to listen to this program on the archive and write those down carefully. We're going to come up against another break right now, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. So please join me after the break with our final thoughts from Mike Flynn, co-partner in charge of Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher at the Orange County offices.
7: What would happen if you or a loved one passed away suddenly? It might be difficult to think about, but pre-arrangement is very easy to do. It saves you money and it's a huge relief on you and your family when the need arises. Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services is a nonprofit diocesan ministry with a compassionate staff and many beautiful sacred locations from which to choose. We specialize in guiding you through the entire end-of-life process, making decisions easy and faith-driven for you now and for your loved ones later. Call now to learn more at 800-498-4989. That's 800-498-4989. Learn how easy it is to plan ahead. Call Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services at 800-498-4989.
0: You need a break. This August, enjoy seven days at a stunning villa nestled in the hills of Tuscany, Italy for a -a one-of-a-kind symposium. You'll savor private walks in unspoiled countryside, majestic vistas overlooking olive groves and vineyards, a swimming pool, tennis court, and a private chef to delight your palate with the finest Italian cuisine, day trips to Florence and Siena, insider tours of some of the world's greatest treasures in art and architecture lectures and seminars from world-class speakers including Dr. Michael Eschleman with National Review Dr. Jeffrey Lehman of Hillsdale College and noted art historian Monsignor Timothy Verdon Director at the Museum of the Famous Duomo in Florence You'll experience relaxed, engaging discussions with like-minded new friends Refresh your spirit Awaken your sense of wonder Go to TuscanyTrip.org to learn more That's TuscanyTrip.org. TuscanyTrip.org.
3: What do a stay-at-home mom, a college student, and a firefighter have in common? They're all HopeInACan.com work-from-home business owners. Join our team, and you can be the same. You'll work from home, full-time or part-time, around your schedule. You'll be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And you'll make a difference in people's lives, here and around the world. In 1995... Dr. Ted Kalagris, the research doctor behind a nutritional company, wanted to do more. He launched a foundation to bring nutrition to the poor worldwide. Now, this award-winning company feeds more than 42,000 malnourished children every day. Be part of something bigger than yourself. Earn a paycheck of the heart helping others while you earn extra income. Call us toll-free at 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. 855-921-HOPE, or go to hopeinacan.com to learn more. That's hopeinacan.com, hopeinacan.com.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: Welcome back to The Mentors. I'm Rick Brudico, your host for this week's show, and once again we're listening with Mike Flynn, co-partner in charge of Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher, Attorneys at Law. So when we left, Mike was telling us some of the hiccups he's seen over, the, over his career, his some 30 years of practicing law, and Mike, i kind of like you to kind of push that story a little bit more. I know you've done a lot of deals, big deals, and I know earlier in your career maybe the deals were a little smaller, but kind of tell me some of the things that you saw that maybe with the best way to call our, our screw-ups are things that we should
2: avoid. Well, Rick, you know, I think early in your career, you kind of have to decide what kind of lawyer you're going to be. And I think you also, if you're a business person, you have to decide what kind of business person you're going to be. And f- for me, I um, I felt it was important to decide to be a transparent person as much as I could uh, and to uh, be fair and to be obviously ethical and have integrity and and so when deal making if you approach deal making with the other side, with those sort of elements of the way you approach it, and then your client is the same way. Uh, it, it has been a, a successful way, and you have the, and you have that reputation. There are other people who I think approach every deal like they've got to they've got to beat you out of something. They got to win by hiding something, and unfortunately, I think that's that's been that's detrimental to uh, being successful because. You know, if you're going to try and do that, usually, um, people will figure it out. And then once you do that uh, and they figure it out, you know, lawyers talk. And, and, you know, we, once you develop a reputation, well, he's, he's underhanded or she's underhanded. You can't trust that person. Well, then that, that serves to, be a detriment for that lawyer's, uh, you know, work, and then it serves as a, a, a also as a detriment for that lawyer's client because you can't advance. Nobody trusts anybody. So i I've, I've, again, I think successful deal making. It, it's, it's all about just, you know, you can be firm. You should be firm, and you should hold firm, but. Be honest and be fair, and don't try and win every point. Think, try and think big picture. What's, you know, some lawyers try and win every single point, and that's not really smart. I've often tried to tell clients, look, let's let's focus on. We got, we got all these points here what are the ones we have to have and let's let them have some of the ones we don't have to have so that can we build some cooperation here and get this done you know there's some lawyers that are called deal breakers and there are other lawyers that are called deal makers and business people need to work with the kinds that they want to work with hopefully deal makers and compromise is a good thing Um, getting deals done is a good thing does that answer it? (laughs) Probably. Yeah, it does. And, and, and I kind of would kind of put a
1: little uh, a saying on the back of that. My father, long since deceased, but he always told us, uh, when you're doing deals, you know, if you walk away and think you got everything, you got a bad deal. His yeah. saying was, leave a little bit on the table for the other guy. If, if a guy doesn't have self-respect... If he doesn't feel he got a good deal, if he doesn't feel that, or when he walks away and tells his his friends or his neighbors or his business partners what happened and they say you got screwed, he's gonna treat you like he got screwed for the rest of that arrangement, no matter how long it goes. But if he feels he was successful, there's much more likely that the that this that the arrangement will work, and therefore, if the deal works, that's what you were after to begin with. Whether it's a a, a purchasing deal, a, a marriage of some sort, a partnership of some sort, or maybe you're both going to be co-suppliers, help each other along the way. So, uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that?
2: You think there
1: that the attorney should be a, a focused on trying to make sure that both sides are getting
2: a good deal? Yeah, I, I think your dad had, was very wise. I agree with that. I mean, again. There's, that's what I said earlier. It's 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 important to focus on what you really need to have. So maybe it's like it's the pricing, you know, or the term, uh, length of the deal, or something. That's the key points, um, but there often are other smaller points that you can you 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 can live with the other person's side and compromise. And I think you're right because once the things signed, often things come up. Afterwards, yep. where you have to mm-hmm. renegotiate things, and if you've left the thing so poisonous <laughs> you know, from the negotiation that, that there's no cooperation left, it, you, it, it backfires on you. So your dad was was very wise to say that. I completely agree with his philosophy, and uh, it leads to good things. You, you can, you know, you can. What's that expression? You can get uh, more bees with honey than vinegar, uh, and that's, that's something that I think really is true.
1: Or something like that. Well, Mike, we've come to the end of our time, and I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today, Uh, all of the insights that you've given us on the law, and more importantly... Listeners, you've had a course in business. These are the the basics that will make your business successful. So like I said before, you might want to replay this on the archive and write some of these things down. Our guest today is Mr. Mike Flynn, co-partner at Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher, attorneys at Law in Orange County, California. And I want to remind you that uh, as long as you're trying and working in life, business is about risk, so you're going to have risk. Your job is to manage a risk, and that's where attorneys can help you. Tune in next week when John Phillips will be your host, and I know he'll have an exciting guest for you. And be sure to go to TheMentorsRadio.com for further information about our shows.
0: It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.thementorsradio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ,
8: LLC. All rights reserved.